Not I'm only that, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Not I'm ready only for the results. That. Give it to not me, mustache only boy. That. Give it to me, mustache Luigi. You look like Luigi. Yeah. You are listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. I'm here with a mustache that is also known as Adam. We are in the reactor getting dirty. This mustache that is wearing this face that is known as Adam. The mustache wearing the face known as Adam. Exactly. Right. Much like uh, microdosing psychedelics can wear you, actually. The mushroom is wearing you instead of you wearing them, infiltrating your brain, turning you into a giant mushroom. Noah, these are the gripes where we gripe to each other for 30 seconds each about something mildly irritating. So what is your gripe today? I'm going to bring up a gripe that, that you said, because it's happened to me a couple of times when you're walking your dog and another person walking their dog is on the sidewalk and they're coming towards you and you clearly have a sidewalk position. Like you were on that street before them, they won't move and you have to move across the street because when two people walking a dog try and cross each other on the same sidewalk, it's just, it's just, has, it's just insane. Mm-hmm. So you have to move to the other sidewalk. That's my gripe. If I position on the side, if I'm on the street before you came and turned on the street, then it's your, you got to move with who, your dog. Who runs these streets? Is it you? In Portland, Oregon? Yeah. Homeless people. 100%. Fair. Yeah. Fair enough. What's your gripe? Yeah, no, I totally agree about the dog thing. I feel like that's been a gripe before because it's so, so annoying. It's so annoying. Uh, my gripe is actually from Scamp Garrett, who we've mentioned a few times on this pod. She told me on the phone a really great gripe, you know? Good job, Scamp. Good job, Scamp. So when she's looking for recipes online sometimes you have to scroll all the way to the bottom of the page because mm-hmm. they stuff the keywords for seo on blog posts yeah, in like, the top what are they doing so you have to scroll a few pages down to get to totally the recipe agree. and then the recipe has to load in as well so it's annoying it's fucking sucks. Like, why can't i just have the recipe right away i don't give a shit about what what are they even saying before they just give me the recipe they're just stuffing it they're stuffing oh, it like totally. a blog post right i didn't realize that that was why but now i do such a good version of this I want to kick. You know, I want to. I want to kick my my legs when I hear this. Do do. Nice. Noah. Yeah. Let's play a little game. Let's you ready? It. Yeah. Okay. This game is called Who Said It. I wish I had like a whole printout of all the different games we've played so far. We were almost at 50 episodes. We're almost at 50 episodes. I can't believe it. By the way, guys, we have a whole library of amazing episodes. Absolutely. Okay? We have episodes about submarines. We have episodes about nuclear power. <laughs> we have episodes about animal sex. Two, of, Two them. of them. Two of them. We have episodes about cannibalism. We have episodes about underwater mysteries. We have tons of episodes, basically, what I'm trying to say. So if you like the podcast, go and listen to some of our archive and let us know how it goes. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to play this game. This game is called Who Said It? Okay? Who done it? Who said it? I'm going to tell you a quote, and you're going to tell me who said it. We used to soak hallucinogenic psilocybin mushrooms in honey overnight and then mix them into hot tea before work. You've never seen such over-garnished plates in your life. I'd have to tell my sous chef, you've been working on that plate for 22 minutes. We used to bathe psilocybin mushrooms in honey. Yep. Okay. Mix them in hot tea before work. 
You've never seen such over-garnished plates in your life. I have to tell my sous chef you've been working on that plate for 22 minutes. Who said it? I have no idea. Honestly. No reservations. What's that? That was a clue. That was a bad No clue. reservations? It's Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain said Really? That. Yeah. The late, the late, the great, the Anthony Bourdain. He's, so he used to take... I guess so. He would he take it before work. and mushroom tea? Yeah. Crazy. I guess so. Crazy. Okay, next one. Yeah. I see... This is a, a great, a really funny one. I see my buddies and they're starting to gather a bunch of sea kelp. I see this and I'm like, I understand what's going to happen now. They're emerging with 40 to 50 pounds of sea kelp. And I just see them lift the kelp up and put all the sea kelp on my body, which they continue to leave there for 45 minutes. Sea kelp on someone's body. Yeah. Harvesting sea kelp and putting it on someone's body. His friends harvested the kelp and put it, put on, it on his, his body. body. Who, who is this and who is the band that said this? Yes. No idea. They were all on mushrooms. I, the, they were on <laughs> yeah, mushrooms okay. while this was happening. Yeah, they're, they're, I have no idea. Tell me. Uh, Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll. Really? Uh, yeah. Of the league of Bobby Bobby Brucia. Jew. Yeah. Jew. Definite Jew. Okay, so Noah. Yeah. What is our topic today? Our topic today is microdosing. Specifically, we're looking at microdosing hallucinogens. Part usual, we have an absolute packed episode, Adam. First, we're going to talk about how scientifically could psilocybin help the brain function, then a meta-analysis of microdosing patterns, then halftime honey, and then we're going to end with clinical studies on effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Adam, in beginnings that don't suck, you have 60 seconds to tell us everything we need to know about microdosing to enjoy the episode. Are you ready? I am okay. actually ready. Okay, pass me the weed though. Sure. You so take I a little hit, hit of the it. weed as I do I'm my I'm going to microdose the weed while you do this. Sure, why not? A little, my, little, little THC microdose. There you go. Ready? Three, two, one, go. They do it for managing mental health issues. They do it for experiencing less pain with chronic illnesses. Chronic. People, people also do it for improving psychological and social well-being and even increasing cognitive performance. We are, of course, talking about the phenomenon of microdosing. Microdosing, Noah, is the act of taking a compound, popularly a psychedelic compound, and taking so little that you don't feel exactly high, but you still get some of the unique benefits. The science behind this technique is very new. Okay, so we're going to take a look at some of the clinical studies done by universities, and we're going to take a look at also the years and years and tons of non-clinical studies done mainly by the citizens of Reddit. And we try and figure out if microdosing is worth it or not. Something and we what should the try. hell is up with it. And what the hell is up with it, okay? And so, Noah. <laughs> yeah. Chronic smells good. Hell yeah. What is our theme today? Our theme today is, will mushrooms or hallucinogens become the new vitamin? Oh. In 10 years, will, just like with your vitamin D12 or your fish oil, well, there'll be another bottle next to them that says psilocybin, and yeah. you'll just pop a little vitamin. My little pill this jar. This is a, a theory put out by Paul Stamets, Mr. the Mr. Mushroom. He thinks that psilocybin will just become another vitamin that people take. I have a couple things to say about Paul. That's good. Do you? Number one, he wears hats made of mushrooms. Okay. Right. That leads me to believe that. Has he been taken over okay, by right. the mushrooms? So what is, what's our theory? This is, this is me and you, 2021. Look, the what's more, our theory about this? The, thing. the more we learn about mushrooms the more we discover that they are capable of being sort of like architects of their environments. They can create meadows. They're almost conscious, honestly, like living beings. They're not plants. They're more like animals. So are these animals that are funguses taking over people's brains, literally 
like infiltrating them and making make, them and love make, mushrooms. And making them like love mushrooms. So when you because when you see someone that loves mushrooms, they're like obsessed with it. Yeah, they're they're very mushroomy. They're like very mushroomy. So it's like, is the mushroom just taking over their brain? Right. And making them spread it. Yeah. Our first section. How scientifically could psilocybin help the brain function? Okay. So first we're going to go into what's known as the stoned ape theory. Um, it's possible that you've heard of this, but basically this is <laughs> that was I am so that was sorry. 100 percent a burp. No, it was not. I'm so sorry. Okay. There you go. So this is basically straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> this is basically how did we evolve with mushrooms? Like how is our evolution tied with it? Um so my biggest question, <laughs> my best question is if people are saying that people say that microdosing like changes their world and makes everything great for them, then how did we evolve to I can show to, you the to need this magic mushroom? Yeah. And why is it something good to take every every day? So we're gonna start with human brain evolution. Mm-hmm. About two million years ago, the human brain underwent a rapid transformation and doubled in size, Adam. Then the brain proceeded to triple in size around five hundred thousand years ago. So currently, there's no agreed upon theory for how our brain exploded basically so fast. Two million years ago, Adam, it also happened to coincide with the environment of humans and cattle coming together. Why is that? Sorry, did you say humans and cattle? Yeah, humans and cattle. Okay. Bovine. Right. Why is that important? Psilocybin mushrooms commonly grow from cow dung. Mm. So again... Two million, two million years ago is when we start to see the explosion of brain growth. It's right. also when we start to see humans and cattle <clears throat> together. Can I jump in for a quick cattle story? Absolutely. When I was living in Costa Rica in high school, we would off, we were living right next to a cow farm. We'd go to the cow farm and look underneath the cow poo to try to pull mushrooms from the cow poo. Did it ever work? I didn't think it did, but some people did think it worked. It was really dumb, come to think of it. Did they eat the mushrooms? They ate them from the cow poo. Did it work? They say it did. For me, it didn't. They were also on a whole lot of other things. Normally, those kids were, so I don't know. Like prescribed Zoloft and just like oodles and oodles of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Getting back to what I was saying. Again, two million years ago happens to be when our, our brain exploded in size. It also happens to be when humans and cattle came together. So that leads to the thought that that is basically when humans started to experiment with psilocybin mushrooms. Are you following me so far? Two million years ago. Yes. That And now that's when, oh, excuse me, Terrence and Dennis McKenna, two brothers, they were the founders of the stoned ape theory. Specifically, it was Terrence's theory. Okay. So it's basically the theory is that two million years ago, we started taking psilocybin mushrooms and we started to grow our brains. <laughs> because of these mushrooms. Yeah. So how the hell would taking mushrooms growing out of cow dung help your brain actually grow? So why would mushrooms help the brain grow? Mm-hmm. Okay, Adam. Psilocybin, the, uh, the hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic component of mushrooms is called psilocybin. Mm-hmm. Once you, heard. Yeah. Once you take a mushroom, psilocybin is converted to psilocin. And psilocin has the same, almost the exact same chemical structure as a naturally occurring hallucinogen called DMT. Yeah. Yeah. The very same. The very same. DMT is occurs in your brain during death. Uh, experts believe it occurs in your brain during death, birth, and dreams. So that's what makes you trip out on dreams. It's a naturally, something your body produces naturally to make you hallucinate. hallucinate. Got it. And the important thing about that is that mushrooms, the hallucinogenic component in mushrooms is basically exactly like something that naturally occurs in our body. So it, it makes one wonder, Adam, 
mm-hmm. that we're not so, this is not such a foreign substance to us. Mm-hmm. It's not this, this crazy hallucinogen that we take. It's like, it's actually something that's very close to something that naturally occurs inside of us. Right. Okay. Once inside the body, psilocybin, this is how psilocybin works to make you hallucinate. Once inside the body, psilocybin connects to the serotonin receptor 5-HT2A. Great that I don't have to pronounce that. I can just read it. Right. 5-HT2A, it's known as 2A, Mm -hmm. is responsible for perception, mood, and imagination. It's also located in the cortex, which is responsible for rational thought. So, again, psilocybin connects to that 2A, and it basically makes it go crazy. Okay. It connects to a serotonin receptor, makes it go wild. Why are we going deep into the chemistry of psychedelics? Please let us know. Yes, because we are talking about why microdosing psilocybin could help your brain. So is your argument that it's a naturally occurring substance in your brain? So that so that's that's one argument. This is the this is the beginning of the next one. Okay. Okay. Again, just talked about the serotonin receptor that psilocybin binds to. Right. The other thing that psilocybin does to your brain when you take it is that it blocks your main information highway. Mm-hmm. This is called the default node, node ne- mode network. Since this main highway, the default mode network is blocked in your brain, this forces your cranial atom to take and form new highway, new highways that it never has before. New passageways, new yeah. neural links. So imagine you have a highway going somewhere. Yeah. Then the highway gets blocked. Right. And you gotta, you gotta go a, somewhere. You else. gotta take a different route, right? Right. So psilocybin not only first binds to the serotonin receptor and makes your brain go crazy, mm-hmm. makes your just makes just makes you more active. It also shuts it's like a ton of traffic, but shutting down the main highway and making all that other traffic go different routes. Got it. Right? So if you see why is that good to open up new passageways in your brain? I I really don't know. Because it forces your brain to think in different ways. So I think that a lot of people talk about how <clears throat> microdosing is really effective for depression. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the reasons it's effective is because it makes you stop your thinking patterns and think about the same things you've thought about in a whole different light. Okay. And you, we have taken shrooms. Indeed. Recently, actually. And I think that one thing that's amazing when you take them is that it forms new thoughts in your head that you wouldn't have made a connection for before. It almost it's like thoughts that you always had in your head, but that didn't come up. They didn't it's come like up. Buried, they're like buried. Because you were just going down the same highway. You were going the same highway. You were commuting to work the same way. Yeah. And now we need to take a different commute. You were to making work. Pill Clinton and now you need to make Ronald Dragon. You know, if you're Mac Dre. That's exactly right. So there's a diagram that I'll post on uh, at Dude Nature. It shows it shows a sober brain, and then next to it is a brain on psilocybin. The, the sober brain has like a couple pathways going through it. It's an MRI image. It's pretty crazy. It has a couple pathways going through it. Yeah. And then the psilocybin brain has like 20 times more pathways going through it. Yeah. And not only that, yeah. Yeah. but the pathways are super thick. Yeah. Like crazy thick. That's crazy. So it shows that your brain on psilocybin is forming all kinds of new pathways and going wild. Do you know what else is going on in that brain? What? I know it's coming. I, I just want to say that I knew it's coming. Good job. I feel like I won. You got that one. <laughs> you didn't do it last spot. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> that's good. So that's the science of what psilocybin does in your brain. It basically binds that serotonin receptor, makes your brain go, go crazy, and then it makes you form new highways.
So it's possible, Adam, that 2 million years ago when we first started taking mushrooms, that it could have resulted in brain increase. So our, what we've seen from MRI oh, machines. So our increase in intelligence is connected to the use of psilocybin mushrooms. And in fact, our, our increased intelligence is a cause of ingesting psilocybin mushrooms when we were in our early human state. Yes, in a theory known as the stoned ape theory. That was good. See, that's fucking called timing. It's called timing, people. Okay, I get the stone ape theory. So let's get into microdosing stories. Yep. Speaking so, of stone ape, I'm going to take a rip of the yeah you, you, the purple. Kush, you take a rip um, as you. One of the one of one of the things I liked about reading the microdosing stories is trying to find stories of when people took too much. <laughs> so I so I got a little section about that. So this is what happens when someone tries to microdose psilocybin before going to work. Ends up taking two, and then ends up just taking ends too up, much. Ends up becoming big, yeah. big bird. After after trying ten micrograms that and not feeling anything, a sales rep. Oh no! Yeah, not a sales rep. He took up to twenty five micrograms, and then it started to really kick in. And as he put it, I realized at the sales meeting that I never cared about the the stupid product we were selling. <laughs> so I went home. Oh man! So I guess he just got up in the middle of the meeting and just left and drove home. <laughs> That is so awesome. Right, and what, happen- what happened to him? No, I don't know. That's all he posted. Did he have to take mushrooms to realize that? That he didn't care about the product they were selling? It, I, he was just going down that highway. Yeah, he's He was just down going highway. down that highway. Once he took the mushroom, it formed that other pathway. He's like, this thing's stupid. Question for you. Yeah, raising your hand. Okay. Love what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. Do you prefer highway to the danger zone? Or do you prefer... As far as eighties pump up songs, what is that song? Life is a highway. That's stupid. Life song. is a yeah. You that's not even a question. It's highway to the danger. What's your zone. favorite highway song? Highway to the danger zone. Stupid question. Honestly, I can't even interrupt you to dumb, ask a dumb honestly. question. Like my that. my my section was good. That was stupid. Go All right, hold on. A teacher who took too much. I wish I had more on this, but so basically, imagine being a teacher, yeah. microdosing too much, and then having to go teach class. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She said. I'm a high school teacher. Last Wednesday, I got I got the calculations wrong on my microdose. Oh shit! And was mildly high on Zoom with 14 year olds. <laughs> That's all she said. I wish I wish we had. More. Well, I mean, like that wouldn't be the worst crowd to be mildly high for. Honestly, be a really they're good pretty crowd. much out of their mind. They're, they're pretty think- much also like yeah. I guarantee you, they're not thinking about what you're doing. Right? They're just thinking about themselves. Yeah, hundred percent. They're not thinking. How old were they? They're 14. Oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> they don't care at all what you're doing um so now on our microdosing on reddit it's a really great forum that has a ton of stories Not only is it a great forum it's the basis of a lot of scientific it's actually research. the base of a lot of research we're going to get into because there's so many users on that but people post stories about what has been great for them about microdosing a lot of their stories are on depression and how microdosing has really helped them with depressing micro microdosing psilocybin so there is one story of a couple who had a stillborn child and oh were on antidepressants and couldn't get over it. And then they worked through through it, through their depression by microdosing psilocybin, which helped them form those other pathways. Not macrodosing, by specifically microdosing. By microdosing, what I mean is basically one-tenth of a normal portion. So so you can't, I, I've seen it defined as where you can't feel high, but you get subliminal effects that are going on in the background that you don't really notice that's exactly right okay many many other people on reddit said that they finally connected to people after years of taking antidepressants adam raising your hand i like that you're raising your hand this episode i'm raising my hand. i don't want to cut you off 
what happened to macro dosing back when we were children people were yeah. into macro dosing you know what i mean like taking a a significant amount to no, trip your balls the amount off. that we took when we were growing up is some amount that is you now would never ever ever take unless you're on a therapy couch at johns hopkins unless you're literally on a therapy couch with people watching you making sure you're okay you would never take that amount it doesn't seem but, like it anymore. but that's what happens when a drug's a drug's illegal and there's no education around it and yeah and the, you're a kid and you just literally go ape shit but you have kid brain then and you just don't care are you still a fan of macro dosing? Like, is that a cool thing to say? Or is that like not cool to say anymore to do a macro dose? Because macro dosing is the cool macro thing. Macro dose, also known as tripping your balls, dose. also known as a normal ass dose. Normal ass dose. Yeah. Interesting segment in my depression section. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so another user, again, going back to on the R microdosing feed, people talking about how it's helped them with depression. Mm-hmm. Another user said, life is different when you are not depressed. I'm just now finding out how not depressed people feel for the first time in 42 mm. years, mm. which is crazy. Mm. And again, a lot of these people have tried many kinds of antidepressants before. Nothing yeah. has worked for them. Another user, last one. I took a 0.1 milligram psilocybin microdose yesterday morning. I had a super, super intense project due. I had to take a long 30-minute Uber ride that I was honestly dreading to get home and work on it. I got in the car and immediately started connecting and having the most magical conversation with the driver. We talked about mindfulness and finding small delights in everyday life. We opened up to each other about deep things. By the end of the car ride, she had tears in her eyes. I told her I had crazy anxiety getting in this car, and this conversation conversation is everything I needed. I'm not sure if that if it was the microdose or just a beautiful life moment or both, but I wanted to share it. So did you get so did you get her number? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. I like, mean, like yeah, right. Like, do we not get any other any other details on listen, that? Absolutely. Listen. If you don't get it, that's it. That she's gonna be gone. She's gonna be gone for all you single. And then single dudes well, the magic there. will be gone because you don't want to hit her up on the Uber get app your, and be like, "Give me the, give me so the number." So the number was not exchanged. That was it. That was all he said. Okay. Well, dang, that's great. Uh, so and now we're gonna go into this is a really really cool study. So one thing about the R microdosing feed that's difficult to under to see because there's so many different posts. It's like, what are some patterns going on here? So there was actually a meta analysis done on that feed that was published in the Journal of Psychoactive Drugs in 2019. Published in a real-ass journal, Adam. A meta-analysis is just gonna, is gonna show you the patterns in a big sample set. Mm-hmm. So, our microdosing has 1,000, 100,000, 143,000 members and tons of, pro, tons of posts. What, here's the one thing they looked at. What was the state of the user upon posting? Of the 174 discussion threads created by 148 Reddit users, 60% were microdosing while posting. <laughs> okay. 32% were about to start microdosing. Mm-hmm. And 7% was unclear. <laughs> so what's funny about okay. that is that only 7% of the people that posted on this thread were either not already microdosed or not about to microdose. So not a lot of people just discovering the world of microdosing? Not a lot of people just like asking like a clarifying question or just not about to... People like to post and share that they're doing it basically. I think it's like an interesting thing to think about just for communities online. Like how what part, what part of the community is someone that's looking to try something out? Like for VR fit or like growing tropical plants? And what part are people who already do it wanting to connect with each other? Yeah, it seems like, well, actually what it is, is 92% of the users want to just connect with each other about doing it. They're already doing it. They're already doing it. Right. By that, by the point of them, that's really, by the point of them posting, 
They are already doing so it. So if you're, lo- if you're looking 10, for out of 10 of them. r slash microdose, you're probably already microdosing. If, 100%. Hmm, that's interesting. If you're looking at that, you are probably already microdosing. That yeah. is really interesting in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, dosing practices. Yeah. Users took between 0.1 gram to 0.6 grams or 5, 20% of standard doses. Most users said it took several several attempts to find the sweet spot. So you got to try it a couple times to find what, what works. Motivations for microdosing. 88, 88, there were 88 total posts on, on motivations for microdosing and doing it. Like why someone did it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. The first and the second one, the first and the second most highest were mental health issues and improving psychological well-being with 73 of the 88 posts for motivation being with mental health. So mental health, for example, being depression, anxiety, depression, stuff like that. anxiety, uh, just wanting some insight into stuff. What's, what's really interesting about this is that it is against what's out there. So what's out there is that microdosing is for tech bros that want to like get a productive edge, right? Mm-hmm. And that's happening to all these startups. Well, I think that's how it started, but that's now how it's it become a little well, bigger. Well, as we're going to see in the, in the next part of the study too, is that almost everyone that's microdosing is doing it for a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. So even I, I saw a Twitter post from Andrew Yang. You remember the, the presidential candidate? Indeed. He posted that psilocybin was something that we really need to look into for an to to be literally an antidepressant to be an antidepressant pill Mm -hmm. and what's interesting is that people are people are coming on our microdosing to self-medicate for depression that is mainly why people take microdose right so you're saying there's a dichotomy right whereas it started with tech bros doing it to get an edge in production that's not what's actually turned into is fighting mental health yeah what it's turned into is not a productivity thing it is a antidepressant there you go yeah um enhancing cognitive performance for the motivation for doing it was actually only 15 of 88 posts mm. so a very small amount right they're still they're still out there right? they're out there they're out there they're out, but not even close what are they on to they're, they're they're more on to the nudies at this point right i feel like they got to be onto the nudies and electroshock and sh- like shooting, shooting shocking your brain in your butt and like shooting glass on your, your rectum brain. anything that sucks listen right. to the new tropics episode if you haven't yet do it yeah. Benefits of microdosing by number of comments. So again, so these are people that this is what they're saying. The reason that they microdosed. Oh, sorry. This is what they're saying. They got from it. We just talked about the reasons. This is what they're saying. They got from it. Okay. You're looking at me with a strange expression. Do you understand? Are you microdosed? Do you understand my question? You're just going to sit there and play the song. I'm going to go into it again. Benefits that people saw when they took a microdose. Cognitive and creative enhancement has the most comments, about 78. So that's mostly what people talk about with the benefits. Reduced depression is second with 59. Self-insight is 57 comments. Improved mood, 47. Improved habits, 45. Social connections, 34. And to do a meta-analysis on the meta, you can sum up all of those in one category, which is mental health. Yeah. And that would be... That would be 267 comments for mental health and 78 for cognitive and creative. So we have 267 comments that talk about their benefits doing it for depression or anxiety and 78 that talk about doing it for creative, being creative. Super cool study. So first Very of all, cool. this study is a, in a real journal of science. Yeah. And it is using Reddit as its basis for data. Yes. 
It's really cool. <laughs> it's very unique. And I right? think, and I actually think that you can learn a lot from this study. That it was, it was. I think it was pretty insightful. Yeah. That maybe eighty to ninety percent of people that are microdosing are using it uh, to self-medicate for some kind of anxiety, mental health, just mental health. Got it. Not to get that slight edge. Not to get that edge. Yeah. Maybe they, they moved on, like we were talking about. To to glass rectum. Adam. Yeah. Halftime, honey. All right. We're going to take a musical break. And then after this musical break, another special musical break. If you listened to the last episode, we are going to deal. But we're moving it up. Halftime, honey. Weed, honey. I wish I could let it run, but I just can't. Hey, if you want us to let it run, let us know how you feel about that, honestly. And if you if you guys, dear listeners, want us to let it run, we'll let it run. This is the halftime honey toast where we discuss and celebrate some absurd science in the news that is somehow related to our episode. I find the story. And Noah, he responds with his immediate thoughts. So right here, I raise my glass. And Noah, what are we drinking today? We are drinking the Jack. Daniels, honey, stop paying us in shrooms. We only take one one thing. What's that, Adam? More shrooms. Cold, hard, gold bars. Leave the bag at the door. door. Leave the bag at the fucking leave, door. Leave the gold bars. For coronavirus, the don't come in the house. Leave no, the bag at the door. Stop trying to give us microdosing shrooms. Stop, stop, stop trying to give it to us. Yeah. Um, I raise my glass to the Australia microdosing brain scan study, which has just been approved to do a double-blind placebo study of brain scans to take a deeper look at the quantitative effects of microdosing on neural activity. So instead of doing like surveys, as you'll see, which is very common, as I'm about to explain, they're actually doing a brain scan on microdosing to see what is actually going on there. That's awesome. Okay. So there you go. Australia microdosing brain scan study. Laheim. Laheim. And your thoughts. Good year. Lost on the sharpness. It did. Yeah. You let it breathe a little bit? Give it a decanter? Yeah, you usually let it breathe. Let that honey breathe? It's been in the cellar. It's been yeah. in the cellar for a mm-hmm. few few months. Yeah. Oak barrel? No, cedar. Coarse cedar. Interesting. I yeah. tasted that. Yeah, you tasted it, didn't you? Absolutely. Yeah, it's for you. What was your question? It doesn't matter, honestly. I took a little microdose myself. Yeah. That's a cool study. Cool ass fucking study, honestly. He said, moving on to the next section. But what was the results of the study? Uh, no, it's, it's in the future. They're going to do it. Because it's very hard to set up a double-blind placebo study, as I'm just about to get into right now. Can you so, explain what a double-blind... Do you want to just go to your section? Yeah, perfect. We're go going, to your we're section. We're right in there. Okay, so I'm, Noah talked about the non-clinical, non-clinical, meaning like not sponsored by a university, mm-hmm. not cleared by an ethics board, citizen science that is mainly being done on Reddit and other communities, which has been done for, you know, in the United States, hundreds of years by citizens of this country with psychedelics and 
the laws and the government and the universities are just actually catching up to what people have been doing for a very long time. Okay. If you want to learn more about that, you should read Michael Pollan's book. It goes into way too much of that. History. <laughs> How did you like that book? Um, I got, I got through three quarters of it. It's just a lot on the history and not a lot on the, just what are we gaining by doing right. the, the psilocybin? Michael, as we've learned, you got to keep it under an hour. He likes to tell a story that you got to keep it under an hour. He buddy. like he likes it. Got to. Okay. So what is a double blind study when I talk about that and why is it important when we're doing research with psilocybin? One of the problems seems to be when me or you are put on our lab coats and we go out there into the field of science. And we're going to do some psilocybin research. Okay. One of the problems is that people who want to do the study, guess what? If you want to do a study on psilocybin, a couple things are true. Number one, you're probably doing psilocybin already. As we saw. As we saw. And number two. As we saw. You're probably really excited about it. And number three, you probably want it to work. You probably want to feel better. You probably want it to be this magic drug, right? Everyone wants to feel better. As I, as I said earlier. Yeah, go ahead. Of the R microdosing, just to repeat a fact. 92% of the people that were on this thread were already literally on it or about to do microdosing. Yeah, exactly. It's a little biased. So in a double blind study, there is a placebo where people don't know whether or not they get the placebo. Yes. Right? You could either have a psilocybin capsule or it could be a sugar pill, for example. All right. So you don't know. To extend the metaphor, say we were doing a study of energy bars with athletes. We got a hundred athletes of all basically we measured their mile times okay and we're going to measure their mile times after they drink they eat the energy bar half of them get the real energy bar and the other half get a brownie and it, that looks exactly like the energy bar okay cool okay and they don't know who they don't know if they got the bar or not right so that's single blind double blind if we don't know who got the energy bars that's double blind so we don't know and they don't know and you're like, how is this whoa, possible, whoa, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. The research, you mean the researcher doesn't know? The researcher doesn't know. No one knows. Nobody knows until the end. Does the third party have to do it, have to administer it then? No, I'll tell you how they're doing it with okay. um, psilocybin, yeah. right? Maybe if we were doing it with energy bars, we could, mar we could mark the package of the bars, save the package. And then at the end, when we're doing the results, we would look at the package with, and have an ID to the athlete. With your L-theanine experiment, we, yeah. we need to do it. We need to do a placebo study. That'd be cool. Let's do that. That would definitely because be cool. Because we can't tell. I can't tell. We can't tell. Yeah. I agree. Not. Okay. So with doing these double blind studies, part of the problems have been that there's a lot of ethical issues, as you can imagine. You can't just dose someone. The United States is very, Damn it's it. tough on this. Right. Exactly. That's why Johns Hopkins hasn't been able to come out with one yet, is that you need willing participants and you kind of need them to be aware of the drug that they're taking. Otherwise it's a problem because you are dosing them. You're the mad doser. Okay. So this reminds me of in college, I had this friend, we called him Craig because he's from Craig, Colorado. Okay. Craig, Colorado is also where in dirty jobs, the dirty jobs guy goes to experience something. I cannot believe I forgot the name, but it's a tradition in Craig, Colorado, where you bite the testicles off of a goat. What? Okay, it has some awesome name. If you, I know someone out there is listening to this knows the name. Please just send us an Instagram, dude underscore nature. That is what fucking that is. insane. Anyway, so he was he this guy Craig who he used to call Craig because he's from Craig, Colorado. Name wasn't Craig. Okay, <laughs> yeah. He drug dealer. Yeah, he was classic drug dealer thing. You know, he he yeah a little bit. He would said he would go to these parties where there would be someone called the Mad Doser, and that person would be spraying crowds of people with acid. This is what he claimed. Okay. So 
we're trying not to be the mad doser in these studies. You don't want to just spray people down with acid, uh-huh. right? Bite testicles off a goat. Anyway, so those are the problems with double blind. What do you make of it? That was you got a little skeptical face. I, I just I skeptical face. That was an interesting. Segue. Well, listen, this is why this really is why the professionals do it because you got to go. You got to go. You got to come back. You got the neural pathways. You got to connect. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what keep, I mean? Keep going. All right, so. Let's get into our first study. And these studies are divided into pretty much two categories. And these, are, these are double blind studies? Well, exactly. Okay. Don't you fucking jump the gun on me. Keep okay? going. Okay. Stay with me. All right. Two sections. The first section, it, and he's back <laughs> with another question. Yeah. No, I was holding up like one. <laughs> okay. Like first question of two. Number one. All right. Um, that acid is kicking in. Let me tell you. Jesus Christ. Um, this is the non-double blind studies. This is, in fact, not even the single blind studies. Most of these studies happened before 2018, where it seems like now in the last three years... And go into them. Studies. Seems like now in the last three years, we've gotten a little bit better with doing double blind studies. Okay? This is an Australian study done in 2019. Okay. Psilocybin specifically. 1,181 participants already microdosing signed up through an online forum. All right? Sorry, not just psilocybin. They also were taking, they took LSD, MDMA. They also took San Pedro cactus, just an aside. Have you ever, have you ever heard of San Pedro cactus? What the fuck is that? San Pedro cactus is very common in people's front yards in Albuquerque, or it's common as a house plant here. You can see it in windows. It, great thing about San Pedro cactus, makes a great house plant. It's very vertical, takes up little space, very pretty. It also contains mescaline inside of it. What? And I look, it's selling at Portland Home Depot for $20, the San Pedro cactus. Are you kidding me? And you can get really, really high off masculine. And no as, one knows, just, people just don't know this. As someone quoted when they took San Pedro cactus on Arrowhead, it's like all the best effects from all the drugs all put into one. The great body feeling and incredible empathy and understanding of ecstasy, the focus and energy of drive and acid, of acid, and the journey effect that I always enjoyed from shrooms. It was the soberest we had ever felt in our life. Fucking San Pedro cactus, am I right? And- Fucking at Home Depot? At Home Depot for 20 bucks. Don't tell high schoolers that. Be fucking, it'd be a cactus shortage. You want to you go get, get on over to Home Depot after this? There's an Ace Hardware like a walk from my house. Pick up a few I cacti. They have literally a, a mescaline there. Okay, so in this study, they were taking many different compounds, right? It was also highly educated. 71% of people in this study were postgraduate, had postgraduate degrees. The roughly 1,000 people. They completed a questionnaire. And then six weeks later... They completed the questionnaire again, and the questionnaire had things pertaining to their mental health, their well-being, their attention, their mindfulness, stuff of that nature. And I'm not going to spend yeah, too long on this the, study the, because bad, 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 bad. it's not double-blind placebo. We've already got into why that's very okay. important. All right. So the results from this, first of all, they are grading themselves on this scale. There's no placebo. Guess what? The positive results, it decreased depression and stress. Yep. Decreased mind wandering, increased absorption, and, and increased neuroticism as a as a bad thing. Really? Weirdly enough. Yeah. It increased when, neuroticism? This I is not a double one study or it is? No, no, not at all. Not at all. This is this is representative of what the studies were, but before 2018. All right, thank you. Right? So it increased neuroticism. Yes, this is when they're self-grading themselves. That's pretty interesting. Uh the bad things were that. Oh, sorry, not the bad things, but they just found no, no correlation that there was any increase in creativity, well-being, mindfulness. No no evidence of increase in that, all right? Well, the, what, what were they increased again? Right. The strongest rankings of the increase of the study were absorption, being in an imaginative state, and feeling emotionally unstable and anxious. 
this is not good. Right, it's not good. But here's the problem with this study is what the fuck are we supposed to do with these studies right here? When they're self-grading themselves, when they know honestly. that they took it. Basically, it's a worthless study and we should just stop talking about it. I mean, no one, no one could take this okay. study seriously in a, in a scientific journal. The reason I wanted to bring this one up is because before 2018, because of those ethics issues, it's very hard to do a placebo study on microdosing. There's very few. Yes. And what you're saying, what you're saying, I know people are going to kill me, but just, just, just to ram it home. Ram it. Ram it. Absolutely ram it thorn at home is that this study doesn't matter because the people taking it know that they're taking it. They know they're taking it and they're grading themselves. Yep. Okay. Okay. So that was Australia. Let's go to the Netherlands where a lot of great psychedelic research is coming out of. You know why? Gouda cheese. Because Gouda cheese. Vertical farming. That's just Netherlands. Like tall people. I think about Gouda cheese. I think about Farms, just the toilet. Flowers for me. Gouda cheese? Yeah. Why is that? Because we are lactose intolerant. Now. That's right. Okay. In Netherlands studies, because they can use truffles with psilocybin in them. You're boredom. You're, you're bored right no, now. No, 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 no. I had to get that out of the way. The first, I just want to ram it home. Ram it. Fucking ram it. Go to that, the truffles. Here's the thing is that a lot of, when you see a blog post, right? Usually the bloggers are writing about some, about some studies. The problem is that they were writing about studies that didn't have any kind of like real scientific methodology. That right. weren't very good and at now all. Are, now are you into one with science? Right. So in 2019, most recent placebo-controlled study by the Netherlands. Okay. And they can do this because they have troubles with psilocybin. Um, sub subjects were given four oral doses on different test days of varying dosages. The study also has fantastic graphs. Keep going. Great fucking graphs of 0, 5, 10, and 20 milligrams of LSD. Okay. They completed a series of tests and tasks so, such as motor response tests where basically you press a button a hundred times for 10 minutes to test your motor reaction. Like you're just pressing a button. Okay. <laughs> like um, Desmond and lost, right? Exactly. Desmond and lost. Desmond and lost. They also rated their mood states. They rate their mood states before they rate their mood states after. Here's the thing with this study. This is a double blind placebo study. So, so half of matters. them were given, so it, matters. So it, matters. it matters. Half of them were given a placebo pill, sugar pill. Half of them were given LSD. Great. Okay. Not I'm only pumped. that, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Not I'm ready only for the results. That. Give it to me, mustache boy. That. Give it to me, mustache Luigi. You look like Luigi. Yeah. Those capsules were also placed in envelopes with QR codes on them. When you scan the QR code, you can see whether or not it's a placebo. The reason for that is because it's double blind. The researchers mixed the envelopes up. They didn't even know who got the placebo and who got the real thing until the very end. Double motherfucking blind, real motherfucking study. Double okay? motherfucking blind. So let's see what happens in this study. I actually need to go to an attached screenshot. We're just, I'm going to walk through a lot of the data because the graphs are great. I think this is a, this is a one of a kind study. There's very few is of it these. Possible to include the graph on Instagram, or just it, it probably wouldn't work. Yeah, no, it, it totally no, is. That, but the images are weird. The text won't work. You can do it with my cool animations. Why don't, can you include a picture of like my your my, mustache? My mustache on there as well. Your mustache. Keep going. Okay. Um, let's go through a lot of things. So anger, right? Does Taking a microdose. This is specifically a microdose. This is really interesting. Help with anger of psychedelics. All right. So, yes. And on average, people scored about one point better out of eight points on their anger scale if they took 20 milligrams of 20 MCG, is what it's called, of a microdose of psilocybin. So, yes. Or LSD. Yes. Okay. So, it helps with anger, seems like. And you can see linearly 5, 10, and 20 milligrams, and not milligrams, MCG, I'm sorry. 
that there's a trend going down. The anger is just going down in a trend, okay? However, anxiety, you actually have more anxiety the more you take. So if you take 20, right, you have a sig- not significant, but definitely more anxiety. Interesting. Increase, okay? So you do get more anxiety with microdosing. Right, but you are less depressed. The more you take, the less depressed you seem to be. But more anxious. But more anxious, yeah. Less What's depressed? the difference? I don't know, you tell me. Depression is sadness, anxious, anxious is stress. Is paranoia? Stress? Anxious is paranoia, stress, and depressed is sadness? Yeah, I guess so. It seemed to have no effect on positive mood. You have basically the same positive mood. That's so interesting because on the R microdosing Reddit, yeah. they fucking, they fucking, they ha- love that. They They're love like, it. They love it mood. for mood. They're like, it increases my mood all the time. Yeah. No matter how, actually when they took five and 10 MCGs, the positive mood went down. Their positive mood went down. And then when they got back to 20, it just stayed the same. So there you go. Um, productivity, basically no change of productivity. So people in Silicon Valley that were using it for, to get that little edge, I don't think it's doing much. Okay, productivity wait, basically you said, has you not said productivity was the same? Has not changed. Was the same. Okay, so productivity, nothing. Yeah. Depression it helped with and arose anxiety. So depression far. helped. Anger and depression helped. So far, anxiety, positive mood, and production has stayed the same or gone down. Okay? Okay. I'll wrap it up a little bit better at the end. Okay. okay I good. promise you. Um, a very significant, these are these are the very significant pluses. About eight times the amount of the higher the score was for insightfulness. So people who took higher doses and were way more insightful. And once again, there are tests that can measure your insightfulness. Are you saying insightful, like insightful into their actions? Yeah. Think, no, thinking about their own life, thinking about what they've done. New, thinking new ways. Thinking new ways. Exactly. Right. That makes sense. Did this happen to you when you, you recently took shrooms? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get into it. Let me just wrap this up real quick. Okay. So six times, or sorry, seven times more than placebo people were in a blissful state as they described a blissful state of being. And once again, these are the most significant. So depression and anger, they're just about one X the placebo. We're not talking about things that were eight or seven times X the placebo with the way they were feeling insightful, blissful, and the experience of unity. Those are the biggest ones. Exciteful, blissful, and spirit of unity. Insightful, blissful, experiencing unity that we're all together, that we're all one, things like that. That's what they, that is a strong thing they felt while on it. Yeah. So to me, when I look at this study, you know what I think? I think that guess what? The more you take, the more high you feel on mushrooms, right? It doesn't make you more productive. It doesn't help your anxiety. You just kind of feel high on mushrooms and you get insightful, like the the mushroom high, which we know, right? Right. For example, right? I I just try to do my- It does help your depression though. It does help your depression. Yeah. Seems like it. Okay. All right. Cool. Keep yeah. going. So when I, I tried to do a microdose recently, I did a quarter of a gram of mushrooms. And usually a dose for me would be one gram. It would be one and a half. One and a half, one and a half. All right. What we used to take as kids is three and a half. I'll be honest with you. It's literally fucking insane. A lot of these scientific articles are saying that anything from zero to 0.5 a gram of mushrooms is a microdose. I'm going to tell you 0.25 is too much for a microdose. Cause I can, I totally felt it. Here's how I felt. I felt neither extremely tripping out nor extremely normal. I just felt kind of weird. 
Right, so that's that's already too much. Which not was not good. Like, I just don't want to feel was, weird. It's too much for a microdose. Too much for a microdose, right? You got to tone that. I would, if I was doing a microdose, I'd probably go like 0. 0.05, honestly. 0. 0.1 would probably be good. Anyway, so this study here, right? It just goes to show you that these things can be very complicated and it's hard to get good data. And I would say that the, the best data we have, the things that were eight or seven times the placebo, insightfulness, state of blissfulness, and the experience of unity that we're all together. That's what I'll take from this study is that those three things can help if you microdose as well as the next one would be depression. Next positive Insightfulness, one. blissfulness, state of unity, and depression are all the things that, that it helped with. Yes, exactly. All right, awesome. I'm just going to real fast. I'm going to compare that to the Reddit. Just yeah. to, and it's interesting just to look at bias studies versus non-biased. Yeah. Honestly, um, with the Reddit, mm-hmm. people were saying that it made them, they were in a better mood that they were more productive, but in fact, with the placebo effect, that is not, it's not the case, but the depression is still the same. And then the, the mental health issues, helping with mental health issues, that seems to be in both. Okay. So a couple of other studies I'm going to go through before we wrap it up. There is another study that's placebo controlled and it's fucking double blind too. It's perfect, right? All right, great. Also put out by the motherfucking Netherlands, right? Yeah. They were, Killing it they, with they, the they studies. Rock. However, I, I don't know why they did this because if I was going to go through, it is... You have to do these studies, even in the Netherlands, you have to get approval from the government. You have to get approval from the university. You have to get approval from a private ethics board. So if I was going to go through all this trouble, I wouldn't do what they did. Here's what they did. They just measured the perception of time with microdosing. That's all they cared about. They didn't measure mood. They didn't measure anything, productivity, they, like they anything cool. They fucking did that whole study to measure the perception of time. Right. And the results of that study are that you experience two seconds significantly differently than if you're on a placebo. That's not, pretty cool. It's kind of weird. Not one second, but as soon as it gets to two seconds, for some reason, you experience that differently. That's pretty cool. Right. They, there's a but whole- But doesn't that just show that you're just tripping out? Yeah, exactly. You're but just literally- If we're going to go- if, Here's the thing. If we're going to go there, throw us a fucking questionnaires in there. Like, let's, let's go. Let's, let's, let's but at least you got, you got that one placebo-controlled study right. that was really interesting. That was also in 2019. So the problem is that, right, 2020 was fucked because of COVID. What are you going to do? You can't exactly do this research. So this is like the most recent research that we have. It's interesting- Two, it'd be hard to do this research because people are literally more depressed and more mental issues now. So right. it's a changed situation where situation has actually changed. Right. And microdosing, we're not trying to say is, um, are these psychedelics therapeutic? Because that is macrodosing. Like there's a, lots of other studies about that. This is specifically microdosing. Taking is a very microdosing small, helping? Yeah, because because yeah, thank you. people on Reddit, what they do is they every single day, they take like 0.1. They'll take 0.1 of shrooms like a vitamin every day. Right. And they say that it changes their life. Okay. The last study done by Australia. So we either got Australia or Netherlands here. It shows a really significant decrease in pain perception with low doses of LSD. So if you microdose LSD, there does seem to be really significant um, reduction in pain perception. Really? There you go. Yeah. That's what they measured. Okay. And those are the only studies I can find. The best study, just to wrap it up, was the placebo control study done by the Netherlands that showed that there is an increase in, in or a decrease in depression, no change in productivity, basically, and an increase in your feelings of insightfulness, your blissfulness, and the last one is unity, state of unity and well-being. Blissful, unity, and depression and insightfulness. All were good. Okay, there you go. You have any last thoughts on it before we move to open kimono? I'll say my last thoughts to open kimono. Okay. This section for the last thoughts. Fair enough. All right, we're gonna take a last musical break for open kimono. 
And after that, we're going to fucking talk about some shit. Okay. All right, Noah, this is the open kimono. Kimono, that is open. Where we freely talk to each other and discuss our final thoughts on the topic, and we leave nothing to the imagination. All right, go ahead. I think it's really interesting to think about if psilocybin will be a part of like a daily vitamin to take like 0.01 things of psilocybin mushrooms because it does seem to help with insightfulness, depression, um, but actually after, after hearing this episode, I think that, that there's less of a chance of that because it increases anxiety and doesn't really increase productivity. Like people say, mm-hmm. so it's kind of just like you're tripping, right? It's kind of just like you're tripping a very small amount, kind of just like you're tripping, but, but I do think, so I do think for normal people, maybe it's not a great thing, but I, I do think for people that are depressed, I think there's a lot of stuff in it for anti, anti-depression. That's right. interesting. Right. <clears throat> Yours. Um, seeing as though I could, I would love for there to be more studies and there will be that back up the claims in the one double blind study I found that measured productivity and mood and all those other great things. Okay. So the science is still inconclusive. I don't think it's going to help you with your productivity is what I've been seeing. But I think that if you have mental health issues like depression, go ahead and give it a try. It's definitely better yeah. than taking a fucking ass load of Zoloft and shit like that. Yeah, all that which shit. Which leaves you basically numb to the world. All it's that a, shit. It's the opposite Wait. of feeling numb. When you take this stuff, psychedelics, it makes you feel unified, which can be very valuable. I think that the it seems like the antidepressants aren't working, and that's why people are flocked to this because they're desperate. They're right. just like, I'll try everything, and this ends up working for depression really well. I, well, think that, I think that that is the biggest clinical use for this. Also, don't be afraid to take a macro dose. Like a gra- fucking reach man, down, grab, honestly, grab or your, a woman. Grab your fruits. Grab your fruits and take a macrodose. And, and as a woman, gra- also grab your fruits. Grab your fruits. And take a macrodose. And take a macrodose. Like, a, like people used to do. Like back in the day. And then they have a spiritual experience. You know um, what I mean? I do think it's really interesting. I, I think that from the episode, I'm less likely to think that. I, I think it's, you know, if you don't have depression, you shouldn't be microdosing psilocybin. Well, generally. I do like how it forms new pathways, though, in the brain. So I just think that you should take it every once in a while to try and reorder your brain. The thing is, like, at what point does it stop being a microdose? Like, as I saw in the numbers on the table, just the more you take, the more significant the effects are. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, just do, I guess if you want to take it like a vitamin, you could do that. You could do it. 
It, it, I it mean, might see some benefits. But I think like Silicon Valley Tech Tech, when they're just like, I'm microdosing LSD every day, mm-hmm. they're not they're not getting more productive. You know what? Give it a try. Okay. Give it a, give it a try. There's It could be good. could be helpful. It'll form new pathways. I'll be, I'll, I'll be over here just tripping my, my, my business out. My biscuit. San Pedro Cactus. Where are you at? Um, okay. Shout out to Sarah, her boyfriends. Absolutely. May they take masculine. May they go sure. on journeys. Do it. Go down okay. to Home Depot. Vinny Chase in the desert. Uh, shout out to the tongue-eating louse. Being a motherfucker up in that fucking mouth. Eating tongues. You can find us on Instagram at dude underscore nature. You certainly can. Please drop us a message. We would love it. And we do love it when that happens. Tell us about your experience microdosing if you've done it. Absolutely. Guys, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, we honestly love having you here. Yeah. And we love you guys. Take care.